All right, so um, Baruch Hashem, we did the Mishnah on the first day. Yesterday we did a nice little piece of the Gemara. Um, the Mishnah laid out for us two halves. Uh, the Mishnah laid out for us two halves. Uh, the first half of the Mishnah was talking about the leniency and Chalamoid to be able to do Malacha when there's going to be financial loss. The second half of the Mishnah spoke about the Halachas of the ability to do Malacha and Chalamoid if there's some sort of communal need. And then we started the Gemara. We're going to read the Gemara together again today. Says the Gemara from the beginning. Hashta, yesh loimar mimayon Now that we say that lacha is, you could do work, malacha, and If you're going to allow a wellspring, that's a new wellspring, to draw water and to water your base hashlachin, which is a field that needs you to water it, the asti of the fuyin, and even though there's a concern that this new wellspring is going to fall in, but nevertheless we allow you to do that. To allow you to wash, to water your field from a mayan that's not new, that's older, that's stronger, that's not going to fall in. Um, um, it's not going to fall in. Do you have to bother telling you that? So this is a question on the very beginning of the Mishnah that the order of how it tells us what type of mayan you're allowed to use, it says you're allowed to use a mayan that's new and you could use a mayan that's old. And we said using a mayan that's old is less of a chiddush, so just tell me the halach is you're allowed to use a mayan that's new and kol can on my own, I'll understand I could use a mayan that's old. So why are we telling you this? So says the Amri Itzrich, we actually need the Mishnah to speak out both ways. That you're allowed to use both types of mayans. Why? Because Because finally said the bigger chiddush that you're allowed to use a mayan. It's a new mayan. Hava mina. I might have thought to say that only when it comes to the new one. That's when there's a distinction between a beis hashlachin and a beis abal. Beis hashlachin is a field that needs you to irrigate it. A beis abal is a field that doesn't need you to irrigate it. And if the Mishnah only listed off the scenario of a new wellspring, I might have thought in my head, well. When it comes to a new wellspring, there's a distinction between a field that needs you to irrigate it and a field that doesn't need to irrigate it, that a field that needs you to, which is based on shlachin, you're allowed to do it, and a field that doesn't need you to, you're not allowed to do it. And the reason why is because there's a concern that it's going to fall in, and therefore we have to be a little extra machmir when it comes to the field that you don't have to do it as much. But a wellspring that is not new, there's no concern it's going to fall in it at all. I might have even thought to say, that you could even water we come to learn from our Mishnah, it doesn't make a difference if it's a new Mayan, it doesn't matter if it's an old Mayan, the Allah is a Mayan, you're allowed to water, and a Mayan you cannot water, therefore, yes, inherently, for the Allah of a Mayan, we don't have to speak out the Allah, you're allowed to use the old Mayan, there's no, there's no Chiddush there. You're allowed to use even a new Mayan, so you don't have to bother telling me purely within the context of Esau Shach and the allowed to use an old Mayan. It's rather we want to preempt confusion, because if we would not have listed off the halachas of an old Mayan, I might have thought to say, oh, that which you can't water a base Abal is only if you're using a brand new wellspring. But if you use an old wellspring, maybe you could even do a base Abal, and the answer is not. And I'm going to stop right now and just uh, kind of focus on one thing for a second because we're going to need it uh, for the rest of today. We're going to need it for tomorrow as well. Is that we're already seeing there's many different factors that are variables within our Mishnah that our Mishnah laid out how the, our Mishnah paskins, but we're going to see many other Tanaim along the way, which is often where the confusion comes in is who tana, which Tana says what and which variable is he going with. So if you think about it, there's about 
five different variables. There's variable, number, number, the, the main variable right now is what type of field are we talking about in the first place? Is it a base hashlachin or is it a base habal, right? The base hashlachin is a field that needs to be watered by humans, otherwise it will not be able to last. And base habal is one that's um, irrigated naturally that, again, giving a little extra water is helpful, but on its own it would survive because it's in a valley, it's in a place that rainwater can provide for us. That's already split number one, is that are we talking about a base hashlachin or are we talking about base habal? But there's three different ways you're able to water it. You could either do a Mayan Shayatza Betchila, which is a brand new Mayan. There's a Mayan Shayatza Betchila, which is an older Mayan. And then there's a third category altogether, which is Tircha Yaseira. All those things are listed off in the Mishnah, which is putting in extra effort. When it comes to the two types of Mayan, your effort is no different between a new one and an old one. The only difference is, is inherently in the Mayan, are we concerned it's going to cave in or not? And then maybe it will lead to you having to do some real construction work. But inherently, the amount of effort you're putting in for both types of Mayan is exactly the same. Just, you know, letting the water flow out, maybe stamping your feet a little bit to let it go to different places. So we're, you see how we're talking about five variables over here? We're talking about variable, the main variable, the first split in our tree over here, is that we're talking about Beis Abal, Beis And then within those, there's different ways you're able to water it. Mayan and then which is like digging out that whole gutter system um, of drawing water from a well. And we're going to see over time in our Gemara that there are other Tanaim that have extreme shitas to both ends. We're going to see some Tanaim that hold you can even water a base of with a Tirchi We're going to see those that hold you cannot water even a base of with very little effort. So again, we had our Mishnah, what it said. Our Mishnah laid out for us very, very clearly. The main, main distinction is base of versus base of Baal. Base of you don't touch. You cannot touch a base of Baal. That's what we just learned right here. Even if we're talking about a, a, an old well, you cannot, an uh, old well spring, you cannot use a touch of base of Baal. Only within base of Shlachen is what to even talk about. And then within the base of Shlachen, we learned in our Mishnah that you're only allowed to do things that are not exertion, major exertion. But things that are major exertion, even if you're going to lose money, doesn't make a difference, you can't do those things. So, I mean, I could draw it out for you, maybe we'll make sheets for these types of things, but I think it's important to kind of reiterate over and over again all the variables that could play out. We have clarity what our Mishnah holds, we're going to see other Tanaim along the way, and that's exactly what Agamar just did right now, is that if our Mishnah wouldn't have gone out of the way to say explicitly that you are allowed to use an old wellspring on a Beis HaShlachen, I might have on my own, extrapolated and said, you are allowed to use an old wellspring on a Beis Abal. And we don't want that to be true. That's not true, according to our Mishnah. And therefore, we preempted it and said that both types of wellsprings are okay by Beis HaShlachen, and both types of wellsprings are not okay by Beis Abal. That's what happened over here. So again, I'm going to repeat this over and over again. We'll try to maintain clarity on this factor. But there are all these variables we're going to see. And I think it's important just to lay out the variables before we start seeing the different ways uh, we have to say different opinions. Yes, sir. So, the Tircha Yisera was raised, I understand, but the, the thing with the Mayan is that you actually can't do it, or is it almost like a Takana that you might, if you do it, you might come to the... That's the point, yeah, exactly. If you would use a brand new Mayan, you're not doing any more extra effort than using an old Mayan. Okay. It's just that, did they say, don't touch it, because you might end up, literally like Takana, like you just said, you might end up fixing it if it ends up breaking. I guess it was common for them to cave in because they have to be packed in, like we said yesterday, and cure that they actually stay in place. So since there is some level of concern that might happen, um, there are opinions that we're going to see that say that, no, you can't use a new Mayan because it's just so prone to leading to issues that just don't go there, as opposed to an old one where you're more confident it's not going to lead to any problems. Yeah. Inherently, you're not doing anything wrong. Inherently, I mean, other than breaking the takana, but inherently, you're right. not doing anything wrong, yes. But you're not breaking your... Uh, Correct. Correct, exactly. Therese is inherently a problem, right? Major exertion is inherently a problem. Okay. 
Now, ask the Gemara first word in line, Umay Mashma, the high base Hashlach, and Lishna, the Sachusli. So now we have these two types of fields that we mentioned, and they're new terms to us. One's called the Beis HaShlachin, one's called the Beis HaBal, and the Gemara simply wants to know what's the etymology. How do we know that the word Beis HaShlachin means a field that you need to irrigate, and a Beis HaBal means a field that you don't need to irrigate? So says the Gemara, my mash with the high Beis HaShlachin, the Sachusi. How do we know? How do we hear in these words a Beis HaShlachin that it means Sachusa, that it means it's thirsty, which means it needs you to water it? Tixiv, because the Pasuk says, you are tired and thirsty and weary. And the Targum Yonas and Anapasik is, is your Mishalhi, again, hay and ches are interchangeable, and therefore you were tired, weary, thirsty, and worn out. But we see there that the word Mishalhi means thirsty, and that's why it's appropriate to call the Beis Hashlachin a Beis Hashlachin, because it's a thirsty field and needs you to water it. And how do we hear in the words Beis HaBal that it means to be settled? That it means to be settled? Again, a settled field means that it's taken care of, that's in good shape, it doesn't need that much outside effort to make it work. Because the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, in a reference to talking about the compatibility of Klai Yisrael with Eretz Yisrael, and the Pasuk says there, Ki yival besula. The way that a Bachar lives with a Besula, so too Klai Yisrael live with you Eretz Yisrael. And the Targum on the Pasuk of Kiyival Bachar Besula is Arekama Dimitusav Oilam in Besulta. The way that an Oilam, Oilam is referring to a Bachar here, in Besulta with a Besula, that's the same way, Yisyasvun Begavich Banayach, your children will dwell in you. Your children will dwell in you. So um, I'll just pause here for one second. Someone did ask me yesterday that it is very interesting that normally we try to. Uh, be euphemistic and avoid terms that are directly related to things that are more intimate and uh, sensitive topics. And over here, uh, we're choosing to call our fields after an act of intimacy, which seems to be uh, in just an interesting choice of words that we're doing such a thing. So I was looking into the uh, Tanakh just this morning, actually, and uh, looking at the Pasuk and Yeshaya. Um, I, I think part of my answer really is, is that uh, there's a well-known machlekes between the Rambam and Ramban, why is Lashon HaKadosh called Lashon HaKadosh? I don't know if you're familiar with this Machlechus. Why, why is it called Lashon HaKadosh? So the Rambam's answer is, it's called Lashon HaKadosh is, because it's such a holy language, it has no words for things that are sensitive, that are improper. I won't say improper, because improper is making a negative thing. But one example the Rambam gives is that the concept of marital relations, there is no word in Lashon HaKadosh for, the word, for marital relations. Every word that we have, is all a euphemistic type of word. A very common word is tashmish shamita, which means using a bed. Or bia, which means um, entering. Or bi'ila is another one that we use. And that is a um, phrase that's just a reference to what is happening. But there is actually no actual word for that concept. There's no curse words in Lashon HaKadosh. Any curse word that we have is really a spin-off of Arabic in some way. Um, but we have no inherent words. So the, the, the Ramban argues on Ramban, which we don't have to get into that much. So right now, he feels that it, you can't call it Lashon HaKadosh because what it's not, it has to be something that it is that makes it, that makes it Lashon HaKadosh, which again, when we get there, we'll talk about it at a different time. But I was thinking of here as well, I was looking at every single Mepharish on the Pasuk in Yeshaya. The word Be'ila my mind, and that's what seems to be going over here, and there actually are some Rishonim that say it that way, that's a reference to the act of intercourse, and you know, uh, some footnotes say that, uh, the Rishonim say that it's Be'ila, because the water enters the ground the same way a husband and wife have relations with each other, but the word Be'ila does not inherently mean that. Again, it's a borrowed phrase for relations. The word Be'ila actually just means living with. 
And that's what our Gemara is saying. Misyase means dwelling with each other. And the reason why uh, dwelling and settling with each other is the word bi'ilah is because, again, the Mephoshim say this, that's a, the Mephoshim and Tanakh say this, is that a, a widow is an unsettled person. A married woman is settled. Things are under control. She's taken care of, etc. And therefore, we actually refer to the act of marital relations as bal, and we translate as being settled, because you're in a state of being settled with each other. Things are under control and things are settled down and you're being take of, taken care of for each other. So over here, it happens to also mean something which is uh, um, intimate and you know, a topic that's interesting. But rather, if we understand over here, the simple understanding, the simple translation, the way the Targum translated, which Targum is like the art scroll of the Chumash itself, the word Bila means dwell. It means to dwell and to be settled. And we call it the base of Bel because it's a settled field because it doesn't need outside people you know, watering it. Uh, regardless, uh, more, more analysis necessary, but I just wanted to share what I was seeing in every single before it's in the Tanakh, that it does not mean relations. It just simply means to dwell and to live and to be settled with each other. Okay. Let's get some new material over here. So... As I mentioned before, we have those five variables, okay? We have the variables of Beis HaBal and Beis HaShlachen, and we have the variables of New Wellspring, Old Wellspring, and Tirchi Yaseira. So our Mishnah wants, to, our Gemara wants to know who's the Tana that authors our Mishnah and says all the opinions in our Mishnah. And that, we'll read it inside how it asks the questions. Man Tana, the Pseida in Harvachaloi. Who's the Tana that holds that if there's going to be financial loss, you're allowed to do Malacha? But just to get more profit, you cannot do malacha. Because again, that's why we said you cannot water a base of It's just getting, making it nicer. But it's not avoiding any loss. The afil of Seda and the Tana that holds that even in a case of loss, mitrach nami lo tarchini, you're not allowed to do major exertion. Who's that Tana that has those two opinions? One of them is you can only do work to avoid loss as opposed to gain and holds that you, even in a case of loss, you're not allowed to do Who's the one that holds that? So Amr Rav Huna, Rav Huna says, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, he is Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov's opinion. Where do we see Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov's opinion? The Tanah says in the Mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Aymer, Moishchin es hamayim me'ilan le'ilan. If you have an over-accumulation of water at the base of a tree, are you allowed to do a simple act to draw that water to the base of another tree? Who says that? You're allowed to draw the water from one tree to go to the base of the other tree. As long as you don't do anything to water the rest of the field in between the trees. You make a direct pipeline from one tree to another tree. You make sure that the first tree is not overwatered. You make sure the second tree, which needs the water, gets the water. But the rest of the field, which is not as necessary to avoid any financial loss, you can't do that. So we're seeing over here clearly, Rebbe Yaakov holds, you're allowed to do things to avoid damage, but you cannot do things to just enhance the field. And he's the one who says that. Again, it's really Rebbe Lozmi Yaakov, Aymer, you're allowed to draw the water from tree to tree. As long as you don't do anything extra over here to just enhance the field by watering the entire field. Sorry, can you go back up to yes. the first part of this? Montana? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Okay, Mantan, who's the Tana that holds the two elements of our Mishnah? What are the two elements of our Mishnah? Element number one is the Pseda in Harvachaloi, that you're only allowed to do work to avoid loss, but not for gain. Harvacha means profit. And the second element of our Mishnah is Vafilu Makam Pseda, even in the case of loss, Mitrach Nami Lotachinin, you're not allowed to do major exertion. Those are two things. You're trying to find a Tana, those are those two things. So you suggest at first, which we're going to decline in a second, but we're going to suggest at first, and say to Rabbi Yaakov. 
So Amr Avuna, Avuna suggests that who's the author of our Mishnah? Rebbe Yaakov, Rebbe Yaakov, the Tanan, what does he say that makes us think that he's the author of our Mishnah? He says, Rebbe Yaakov Oimer, you're allowed to draw water, that's the overaccumulation of water under one tree to another tree. As long as you don't do anything to water the entire field. And the crux of that statement is, is that you're allowed to do things to avoid damage, but stomp to water the rest of the field, which doesn't need it, you're not allowed to do that. Is, is that context just because you know that specific... Mishnah, but that context you just painted around it. I, I painted around it. Yeah. Right, so that context that it's it will, uh, it will prevent damage. Yeah. It does, it's not. It's not, it's not explicit from this. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not explicit. But yes, it's. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's not explicit, but yeah, I, I'm painting it. I'm painting it, but I'm painting it correctly. <laughs> just uh, take my word for it. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm throwing in Rashi's, I'm throwing in before okay. Shim, et cetera, But yeah, that's what's happening over here. Yeah. So how is it two separate points? Does it say that uh, say that in have a so, very good. Nassim Brim is asking the next question of the Gemara. Oh, okay. okay, good. <laughs> okay. So that's the rejection the Gemara is about to say right now. So says the Gemara, I'll tell you, the, you Nassim's question at the outset, then read it inside. This Mishnah only told us Rebbe Yaakov holds one of the two things. I just said two fingers. One of the two things. <laughs> um, because we want to find someone that holds A, you're allowed to do things to avoid damage but not for profit. And B, we want to find someone that holds that even if you're avoiding damage, you can't do a major effort. We only see one of the two in the statement we just said, that we Lezim Yaakov holds, you're allowed to do something to avoid loss, but not to gain profit. But we don't see that he says you can't do major effort for the sake of avoiding loss. We didn't see that here. There's, nothing, there's, no, there's no element of that in the statement. So we, don't, we didn't learn everything we needed to learn in this particular Mishnah. Not watering the field? What? Watering the rest of the field. The watering the rest of the field. Again, that's why I'm saying. I, I was adding the context. That the re- watering the rest of the field wasn't necessarily a, an exertion issue. It was a, there's no need to water the rest of the field, and therefore you can't do it for that reason. So again, it's right. You, you, maybe you, if you wouldn't know the source of this mission, you'd say, like, oh, the reason why you can't you water the rest of the field is because, you know, it's a lot of extra effort. But it's not saying that. It's saying that you actually have to make only a dark line. And even if it's easy for you to make it run off to the rest of the field, you can't do it because it's only um, extra profit. It's not avoiding loss. But, yeah, it's a good question, yeah. Right, so that's what I said. That, I, I, that's what I was saying. Direct pipeline is that whatever you have the direct pipeline, you're allowed to do, but don't do any extra, like you know, tributaries off to the side to the rest of the field. Is that get that line straight from place to place that you're allowed to do because that tree over there you have to get, and that's a necessary price you have to pay Aga that you'll be able to water a little extra stuff along the way, but don't do any extra effort to water the rest of the field. Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't say psychration. I think we say that you're allowed to do that effort, and you know it's a tangential benefit that you'll get to water some extra stuff along the way. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so that's, let's read that question inside. So it says the Gemara, the following: um, Amor, last in line, the Shamas Leilah Rebbe We could say that we heard from Rebbe Leizer Harvacha Del Yashkes Asadakula. So, uh, fine. So, Amar, the Shamas Leilazar, Harvacha. We only heard from Eliezer the halacha of Harvacha. Harvacha means profit. So, in this Mishnah, we learned the halacha of not profiting on Cholamoid, but you are allowed to avoid financial loss. Kama, the Lotircha Bimakam Seda, but that which you're not allowed to do effort in a case of financial loss, Mi Shamas Do we hear that? It's important to get that comma right. Throws me off a little bit over here. So again, Amor Deshamas Leilah Rebelazer Harvacha. We could say we heard from the Mishnah Rebelazer Minyakov the topic of Harvacha, that you're not allowed to get profit, you're only allowed to avoid loss. But the fact of the low Tircha B'makam Seda. Oh, so you know what? I'm going to say it better. 
Comment after Delo. I'm sorry, I apologize. We could say we hear from Rilazar that you cannot get Harvacha. Kama. <laughs> Put that comma in the right place. Tircha b'makom seda mishamasleib. Did you hear anything from him about the halachas of a tircha makom seda that you're not allowed to do extra effort in the case of financial loss? We don't hear that from Rilazar Miyakov. Isn't that the way that you touched up that in that that part? Is that the only reason you're allowed to make this direct line to the other tree is because of makom seda? That's that's one of the right, but we don't see we don't see any extra. There's no there's no indication that there's extra effort there. Okay. Right. Don't say the Yeah, exactly. Okay. We see you're allowed to do things to avoid loss, but we don't see here that you're not allowed to do terchi yisera to avoid loss. Because we'll say that was not a major terchi to get the water to go from one tree to another tree, and that's okay. But we need to have a source that tells us that you even can't do extra exertion, even to avoid financial loss. Okay, fine. So we got that line straight. I'm going to read that line one more time. Amr deshamas leiler belos deharvacha deloy. I could say I saw from Rosh Hashanah that you cannot get profit on cholamah. You can only do things to avoid loss. However, tircha b'makom seida mishamas leiber. Do we hear anything directly about the halachas of not being able to do malacha when it's a tircha yisayer even to avoid loss? We don't see that. So. Um, Yeah, it, 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 I mean, yeah, it's fine. Tircha, tircha, you're going to say the same thing. You know, exertion. Okay. You know, tircha is extra. So, um, this is going to be one of those that I'm going to read the next section quickly just so we get a feel and we don't lose the flow, but no pun intended on that, the flow. But um, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time because I think we have to stop now to be able to do chazara. So, Ella, Amr of Papa, so rather of Papa says, Hamani, who is the author of our Mishnah? It's Rabbi Yehuda. Titania. As it says in Ebraisa, Mayon Ayotze Betchila, a brand new Mayon. Mashkin Rimenu Afilu Sada Besabal. Remember, I mentioned to you before the variations of the Tanaim. The first Tana in this Ebraisa is saying that you have the most Makal Shita, that it's a brand new Mayon and a Besabal, you're allowed to do it. Divir Mayor, that's Rabbi Mayor's opinion. Rabbi Huda says, Ain Mashkin Ella Sada Besashlachen. You're not allowed to water other than a Beis HaShlachen that's been dried out. We'll describe that dried out word later. But the point being is, no, you're not allowed to water a Beis HaBaal. You're only allowed to water Beis HaShlachen. So we're seeing Rabbi Huda is definitely a good fit so far with the Mishnah. Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah, Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah says, I'm not going to translate that now because the more is going to ask in a couple lines, what is he saying? So we'll just leave it as lokach v'lokach. And then Yeser al-Kain, Rabbi Huda comes back and wants to add to his initial statement. Yeser al-Kain, and more than that, Amr Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Loi yifane adam amas hamayim, one should not, again, yifane here could mean one of two things. It either means clear out in a way that's a lot of effort, or it means to actually veer off and create a, a tributary uh, diverted pipeline off the ama. And to, gather, and to water his garden and his chorva and his ruin, which needs a lot of water. Again, like I said before, I'm not going to dwell on this now, but we're going to at least get our initial taste of why um, Rav Papa felt that Rabbi Yehuda fits nicely, because we had two statements from Rabbi Yehuda. Statement one from Rabbi Yehuda is, you're not allowed to water based on Baal, you're only allowed to water based on Shlachan. So we see that Rabbi Yehuda is clearly holding, you're not allowed to get extra profit, you're only allowed to avoid loss. And the second statement from Rabbi Yehuda is that you cannot do extra effort to water your garden or your chorva. Gardens and chorva are in the category based on Shlachan. They're areas that need to be watered through your effort, and the reason why you can't do it is because you're doing things that are a major effort. So we got both of our 
so checks on our checklist. We need someone that A holds, you're only allowed to get, uh, you're only allowed to do effort and chalmoid to avoid financial loss, but you cannot do effort and chalmoid in order to gain more profit. Check number one, we got Rabbi Huda saying that because Rabbi Huda says, no, Rabbi, you're wrong. We cannot water base a bell. We've only water base a shlachin. So we got that check on our checklist. He clearly holds you cannot profit, you only avoid loss. The second check on the checklist was that you cannot do tircha yisair even to avoid loss. That's the second statement of Rabbi Huda where he says, oh, you cannot divert a amma, or you cannot dig out an amma, which is a lot of effort, even if you need it to water your gina and your chorva. So again, we're going to read that slower tomorrow and make sure we get it even more clearly, but just to summarize what happened today was, at least in terms of the new material, is that we're trying to figure out who's the ton of our mission that holds two things. One of them is that you're only allowed to do malacha to avoid loss, not to gain profit. Number two, we're trying to find someone that holds that even to avoid financial loss, you cannot do a tircha, you cannot exert too much effort. The Gemara suggested as Rebbe Lezim Yaakov, and not that Rebbe Lezim Yaakov didn't fit with our Mishnah, but he only checked off one check of the two checks that we need to be a f- perfect fit with our Mishnah and we're trying to find a Tana that's fully with our Mishnah and what we're going to, what we started to discuss we'll discuss more tomorrow is that it seems to be who is a Shidduch for our Mishnah that he has both checks on the checklist that A, you're allowed to do Malacha to avoid financial loss but even within that you cannot do Malacha if it's a Tircha Yisera so again, uh, let's try to do some Chazara today, get as clear as possible, and we'll continue with this Brisa tomorrow, which again will also be interesting to see all the different opinions that are out there of how to deal with Allah, the Beis the Beis and Wellsprings, and, and Terchi Yaseiras. It's uh, fascinating to see all the different opinions. Yes.